I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what, Jade? Game Game all all day. day. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. A couple little things for you guys. Um, We got a new website coming, new... Uh, T-shirts, logos, all that stuff is about to jump off. So um, just want to give you guys a heads up. Heard back from the um, designers who are making it, Abigail and Laura. Big shout out to them. And um, they said hopefully by the end of the month we'll be ready to go. Mm. So, you know, we're pushing that. Um, Finally going to be selling stuff, Christina. All these years, it's ridiculous. I'm finally going to do it. Um, It's a good time to do it. It's a good time to do it. For sure, for sure. Um, So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So we got my, my girl, my little sis in the building, hanging out with us, uh, Jade Alexandria, J- Jade Hunter yeah. Alexandria, <laughs> let me get it straight. <laughs> yeah, hi. Hanging out with us today. I put her on the mic today. I was like, you know what? We got my girl, yeah. Christina in the building. You the next one coming up. Yeah. I'm going to have to bring you on the mic today. Yeah. Thank Indeed. you. I Indeed. appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Um, Christina, um, Jade, I met two years two ago. Two years ago? Tell them. Tell them the story. We met. I met Hilliard 2022. <clears throat> um, I came out here for undergrad to do a documentary. We oh, get gosh. we got to choose a person, and I chose Hilliard. Um, I know. As you so. should. <laughs> All this beautifulness. So um, it was a short documentary. Um, it was on Find Your Why, and he talked about finding your why, and um, that was when we had first met. And mm-hmm. We've been connected ever since. Yeah. Next thing I know, she's like, I'm moving to L.A. I was like, what? Yeah. I got a new USC, the yeah. Masters. Now oh, I got a USC. Thank yeah. you. It's a my, production program? Yes, it's my first semester. So we're just starting out. Thank you. Yeah, That's she's super talented. Yeah. So if you've seen, any, if you've been seeing some of the clips and things we've been doing on on um, social media that's been all jay doing all those yeah. so very good just job. like help, thank you helping us out like we appreciate thank you i do too like, oh okay i gotta catch it this yeah. week yes, indeed. hey guys this week check out yes indeed. yes indeed yes <laughs> indeed yeah <laughs> so let's let me introduce to the show everybody my little sis other in the building we had you on the show a couple of years ago when you no. I never had you on the show. You've never. I never like, had you on the this show. Is why I was like, "What did I do wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> Literally, when I got that text, I was like, "What did I do wrong?" That's hilarious. <laughs> um, I don't know why I thought I had you on the show. I think I see you and we talk every blue moon. Maybe that's why you just yeah, on my brain. Just like maybe I need to go through some stuff for that's me to be on the show. Hilarious. Here's the funny thing: timing is everything. Yeah. So, you know, what shit going on with you right now, I'm like, this is the perfect timing. Let's look at it like that. Okay. All right, here we go. It's all positive. I yeah. was like, oh, I see you all in the trade. <laughs> Bitch, come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Christina Thomas, y'all, writer, 
filmmaker, director, producer, doing her thing. You got to claim those things. (laughs) You got to claim them. Didn't you do it? Yes, I did. Strike captain. Strike captain. What else? Yeah. Yeah. For the Writers Guild. Yeah. Tell the kids. Yeah, my showrunner, Farshar, yeah, he got me on the line mm-hmm. <laughs> right when I came back from like a week vacation right. when we were still on strike. He was like, you should be a strike captain. You're here every day anyway. Right. I was like, but he was like, no, you should like sign up. <laughs> <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm there three times a week right. when we were doing like six, I think it was six hour shifts at mm-hmm. one point, three mm-hmm. times a week. But then on my days... It was only like 90 degrees. It wasn't hot. It was a 90 degree. Look, yeah. I looked browner. I looked bronzer. I didn't need anything. I was looking like a gorgeous black woman on okay, these streets. Look. Literally. Face uh, beat. Look. <laughs> uh, thank you, church. Uh, but still, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I was mm-hmm. still, you know, striking because Tuesdays you were black women. Right. We used to go to different lots and strike. And then on Thursdays, it would be something else. And I would be, again, walking the line. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was out there five days a week. Okay. I heard that. Yeah. We're going to get into that. So, um, Christina, thank you for coming to the show, hanging out with us today. No, I thought you have sat in this dang room hanging out with us. I look like a lot of black girls. That's what it is. Y'all look alike. I told you the changing hairstyle. Exactly, exactly. She got on my hair today, and I'm going to give her mine tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? If I had your hair, I'd walk around butt naked, though. Just shaking like this, shaking. No, I, like, I would like to switch bodies. How about that? Excuse me. I'm like, I'm trying to get there with my sit-ups. Ain't nothing but Jenny time. Craig, girl. Jenny Craig. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm silly. You know I'm silly. Um, so let's go ahead and tell everybody where you're from and how did you get into the game of screenwriting and filmmaking? Um, I'm originally from East Oakland, California. Yes, yes. I rep it all day. Bay Area. Uh, I was telling somebody the other day, I really started when I was eight years old. <laughs> and I was, I wanted to be a singer. I was in a girls group um, called GWA, Girls really? with Attitude. That's right, I did see that. Yes, with my yes. friend Kelly in Paris. Okay. And we did, we did talent competitions and of course, we soon fizzled out because they knew, like, nah, Christina, she's the writer of the group. She's making these dance moves. Like, yeah, she Beyonce, y'all. Yeah, this is not it. And soon I took it all the way to high school, did musicals. Okay. And but where'd then, you go to school? Where would you? I went to Holy Names High School. It was okay. all girl Catholic school okay. and uniform and everything. They had a they had a decent theater department. Stuff? Sure. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. But one, of the, but one of the things was it was my first year. I was one of the few freshmen who got a lead part mm-hmm. freshman year as uh, Simon Zelotes really? and, and Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, okay. And I thought I was like, oh, I'm going to be an acting. I'm going to be writing mm-hmm. because again, I was on the poetry tip. I was like entering competitions. Mm-hmm. And but still in the back of my head, I was like, oh, but also I'll be a lawyer because my dad, he went to law school, but he didn't he didn't finish because mm. he didn't know he didn't know until later on he had ADHD. Oh, okay. So he wasn't able to he wasn't a good test taker. Mm-hmm. And I ended up finding a finding a uh, <laughs> program called Donald P. McCollum Youth Court, where okay. I ended up becoming an after school lawyer. I really? was trying cases in Alameda Courthouse and I got paid. I That's was a good I skill. Was a bailiff. That's a good I was skill. like. But it started to take on another another story of its own mm. because I started taking those cases home. We actually read the police reports. We were right. giving them time, time not in jail, but we're giving them community service hours, all those things. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Gordon Parks came to Oakland and I was like, again, I was writing and I saw like he was taking pictures. And again, one of the skills my dad also had was he's a photographer. Mm. And I started getting interested in that. And I was just like, Okay, I don't think I want to be a lawyer anymore because it's too much that I'm taking home with me. 
how about a transition to writing and directing of some sort? Let me ask you, when you say taking home, do you mean like bring it home like you're living with it because it's something dramatic or just mean yes. taking home because it was a lot of work? A lot of the cases are a little bit dramatic because they were coming from homes that were not okay. safe. Mm-hmm. They were stealing <clears throat> things. They were selling weed. They were, again, this was an alternative program where right. I was, again, a youth attorney, but they mm-hmm. instead of them going to jail, they went through this program to do okay, some alternative. Mm-hmm. And... Again, I was like, oh, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to tell these stories and I want people to hear about what I experienced, but also giving these people a voice. Okay. And I went to Howard, went to USC. Again, at Howard, I stopped writing because a, a teacher told me in a script writing class I couldn't write. Really? And I just was like, okay, I'll focus on directing. Hmm. Like, it was like, I'm never going to stop. Right. Um, <clears throat> in between getting into USC, I got into, <laughs> I got I got this pilot. I won $50,000 to do a pilot what? in New Orleans. Um, so I directed a pilot in New Orleans for Endemol MTV. Okay. And when I got into USC, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be straight directing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to write. <laughs> Went that route. <laughs> USC was very, it was. Does, does Jade know anything about USC? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you have a lot better as a black student. We prepared you guys and mm-hmm. we got you guys the classes that were that you guys needed by voicing our mm. opinions yeah. about we need help, we need <clears throat> mentorship. Because the only teacher that I had as a writing teacher, mm-hmm. Aaron Rasson Thomas. Oh, really? He had a outline beat class. Mm-hmm. And again, I at was- At USC? At USC. Mm. Oh, okay. And he was a story editor at the time. <clears throat> okay. I forgot on what show, but she, he was on a CB, I think a CBS show. Mm-hmm. And I decided to do a spec Sons of Anarchy. And that's good. I like that. Yeah. That tells me a lot about you. And <laughs> literally, I was the only person in the class kind of doing this show, uh-huh. just doing this show. And after class one day, he was just like, I think there's something here mm-hmm. and you should continue. Mm-hmm. And I took that as, okay, maybe I should go back to writing because this black man is telling me I can write right. and that I should continue on that path. <clears throat> and so just trying to make this kind of a, a shorter story. No, you're fine. A we lot of time. PA stuff. My first job was a teacher. I got made a $495 a month wow. working in Inglewood for a year and a half doing after school film programs wow. um, for elementary schools and junior junior schools. Then I was still kind of interning at, at Foxhole Radio as a, I was an on-air DJ. I okay. did it in Howard, mm-hmm. but Jamie Fox decided to have the interns have her own show. Okay, I like that. So I, like I did that. that for a year and a half. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I did that for free. <laughs> And then at one point I was like, I can't do this stuff for free anymore. <laughs> and but you learned some shit. I bet. Oh, I learned yeah. a lot. That's not for me. Right. It's fun, <laughs> but it's not for me. Because uh, I, I, again, I thought I was going to be a radio DJ. I okay. interned in in the Bay Area, KML, Kiss, oh, yeah. and Autumn. Uh, which I know the music people very much so who are all have kids and now <laughs> one of them has grandkids. Oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, I was teaching, <laughs> making no money, uh, and then finally I was like, I'm moving back home in the Bay. Mm. I like my friends know me <laughs> they've gone through this this wild relationship with me every few years I'm like F this mm-hmm. I'm moving back to the bay these people treat me like trash and I'm going back and Twitter was starting to pop off a little bit where you could get a job mm-hmm. off of something and I was I had a voice a very big voice on Twitter and this guy was like hey I have a job for you it's at this you know this advertising company and it's a receptionist right. so I got a job there and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go up this way through writing. And like Lena Wave went through there. Mm-hmm. She was a store, a, a copy copywriter through there a couple of times. Shout out to Lena. <laughs> and at one Little point, <clears throat> I think a year had gone by. Mm-hmm. Some things had happened and I ended up getting fired. Mm. 
And my mom at the time, this started my relationship with my parents understanding the filmmaking business. Mm. And my mom was just like, how could you like get fired? Like how, what did you do? What did you do wrong? <laughs> what did you do? Because right. my mom again comes from, she was a, a first grade teacher in Oakland right. public schools for 37 years. Mm-hmm. You must've did something wrong because in order to keep the job, you just stay you like, keep your head tilted mm-hmm. down, like do your job. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to just, I'm going to go back to Oakland <laughs> again. I'm going to go back to Oakland. And I ended up getting on set with this guy who worked in the grip department, Chappelle, uh, George Chappelle, who worked in G&E, mm-hmm. um, old cat. I know he's going to be mad at me for calling that. <laughs> but he was on set, and he was just like, yo, like, what do you want to do? Like, Because I was the youngest person on set as a PA. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, it was for Kevin Hart's pilot. Mm-hmm. I'm at Fox. Mm-hmm. And I was like, One of the ten he did that didn't get picked up? Yeah, or what is which, it, one of them? Funny enough, there's a show <clears throat> on air that's li- literally exactly that's like that hilarious. show. Um, and I I got to see like everybody who was working on set and he was just like if you want to be a writer you need to be around writers if you want to direct you need to be around directors and again one of my friends felt bad for me (laughs) 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 and he was like oh I think you can get a job with my wife and his wife worked at the Universal Studios Writers Fellowship Program and I got that job I was okay at that job. So you moved back to LA? No still in LA like right when I was about to be like "Uh, we're about to move right I got that job Mm. and I ended up learning like how to be a feature writer and I got to know all the five fellows. They Mm. were really nice. They were really great. I I had to go. What year were you in there? This was was Cheo in that one? Not Cheo. Yeah, Cheo. Yeah. Cheo. Yeah. Uh, 2014. Okay. And he would tell you, I was like, oh, can I read your script? Like, what does that do? Oh, how long have you been this? Oh, how are your kids? (laughs) Like, I was very much involved of understanding like, if I want to take this path, what do I have to do? Okay. And by the end of it, I was about to turn 30 hmm. at that point. And I had one of those moments like, so I haven't done anything. <laughs> okay, let's see what we're going to do. Right. And one of the fellows was just like, well, my old boss, he was on this show. Um, you might, if you survive, I think you'll be able to like get on <laughs> with him. And I was like, okay, who is it? And it was Randall Einhorn. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And Randall interviewed me. <laughs> It was so weird. I was like, this man does not like me because it was all on on Skype. He was like, he was doing it like during his off hours because he was shooting a pilot in Puerto Rico at the Mm. time. And he ended up hiring me a month later. And I was on the Muppets for a year as his director's assistant Mm, for ABC. And did you learn some shit? That man put me through a crash course Mm. as much as I was just like, why is he making me do this? Lily, I was it was like. Not Devil Wears Prada where he was the bad guy. Literally, I was that person where he made me have a list of everybody on cast and crew with a picture by their name. So I knew everybody. Mm. And literally, when he would talk to somebody, he was like, oh, my God, what's his name? And I would already know it because I already gave him. And then the the production office ended up getting copies of this because they were like, oh, yeah, we do need this. (laughs) And like almost 200 people on the crew had a picture. Like I learned how to Photoshop and all that stuff. Uh, Just like everybody knew who each other was because I printed out a whole cast and crew list of everybody on set. I love that. And at the time, I was the assistant for the director and the opposite side of the floor, the assistant to the showrunner was Kay Oyagun. Oh, really? And Kay and I, we we became friends. I say we became friends at that time because we both were born the same day. Mm. She's younger than me, but she had more knowledge of the industry because she came from the agency. 
And she, there were lots of times I cried in the hallway. <laughs> I read a book called Cry in the Hallway mm-hmm. because I didn't think I was doing anything right. right. I was doing director's plans for him. At the time, I was just like, this is what you're supposed to do. But right. I didn't know, like, he's he's giving me more things to do and things that I was going to, like, use in the, the, um, the future. Mm-hmm. And even on set, I was on set every single day. I even like sometimes he would get mad at me because he's like, you're not on set more. But <laughs> you're like, I was just there. Two literally, ago. I would, you literally everybody knew me as the runner. I was running down the six flights of stairs because the elevator would be too slow. Uh. So I lost a lot of weight on the on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but your legs were tight, wasn't they? Literally, my legs were tight. And funny enough, also another thing my mom always has in in in, in to me mm-hmm. of just I gave everybody a card on set, Which every department. Oh, your card. I gave him a thank you card to oh, yeah, all right. 200 of those people, mm-hmm. even people I didn't talk to. I was like, I don't know you, but I know you worked on set. Thank right. you for being here. That's dope. And that has helped me. <laughs> Goes a long still, way. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's helped me ever since because people are like, I've never gotten a card. Right. Um, but my mom has always instilled that in me of just like, you write thank you cards. <laughs> uh, still still ingrained in me since Castilian. You, you know, this reminds me of, and I'm being interrupting you just a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. If you don't mind. It still feels more conversational. Uh, this is all great. It reminds me of, Two things that you said that stirred in me is how I learned to produce was I went to to Utah for a month to work with one of the biggest line producers in town. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he put me through the ringer like your guy did. Yeah. Every day I had to wax on mm-hmm. and wax off something I didn't understand. But now when I came home, I'm a logistics head. So I'm always thinking logistically about everything yeah. because he taught me that. Yeah. He put me through. I didn't understand why I was doing these things. He wanted it to be logged in my head. As yeah. soon as I walked out the door and I walked into another room, I'm already going, how would we load in? Where would this happen? How would yeah, we do that? Part. I can't help it. I can't help it. So, no. yeah, that's one thing. That crossed yeah. Me. And I, sometimes I got to turn that off because I'm just like, I'm just the director. I'm just the writer. That's that's somebody else's role. Let me right. not overstep. Yeah. But also make sure it's checked. You got to cross check <laughs> it, girl. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Mo, I finished that season. Mm-hmm. Of course, as y'all have known, like it got canceled, but I was still in the office. So we, when they were rapping and right. they knew they were canceled, I still had two. I was like, I got two weeks on the lot. Mm. What am I going to do? And I wrote a new spec, a Bob's Burger spec. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. And the writers kind of still were in and out the room. So I talked with some of the writers mm. and they were just like, you got to figure out your lane. And again, crying to my friend one yeah, day. Because remember, <laughs> hold on, let me just, let's just think about this for a second. The last time you wrote a Sands of Anarchy, now you're writing about Bob's Big Burgers. So yeah. you're like, wait a minute, who are you? Yeah. And we've, we've talked about this yeah, briefly, indeed. too, over the years. Just like, find your lane. Right. And again, I'm still finding my lane. And thank mm-hmm. God, because now I, I know it now. I'm still learning, again, just when my characters are gone still. Right. But at least I know where my lane is. Can you tell us what type of writer you think you are now? I believe I'm a drama writer who loves female character leads who mm. are always put in a position that they're usually not. Mm. Like I have one character who's a dodgeball player, another one who's burying dead bodies for the mob as a garbage worker as in Philly. <laughs> yeah, it's like little things like that. I'm just like, I don't see those characters, so I write them. Okay. Uh, but yeah, after that show, could not get a job. <laughs> And I was telling, and again, I was on the lot a lot. I used to walk around during my mm-hmm. lunch break for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And there was one guy, he was like, yeah, I remember this, like the black girl who was like walking around on ABC. <laughs> oh, that was you? That's funny. And it used to be, and it was Hank Jones. Oh, I Hank, met him yeah. through my friend Dre, mm-hmm. who was a Howard person. And he introduced us through email. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, I think you might like, you might mesh well with this guy. He might help you. He's like a, a PA on Blackish. Mm-hmm. And 
emailed Hank directly, literally like. So everything oh, this is, is back when he was a PA. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like literally, yeah, I, now he's a producer on TV. I know. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm just like. <laughs> Hank will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> he would probably either. He's laugh coming or on the show. We just keep we keep schedules. You know. Yeah. He would probably go. laugh yeah. or shake his head mm-hmm. when when he I mentioned him this story of the email when I told him I literally wrote this man who I'd never met before. <laughs> hey, everything is bad. I'm very depressed. I don't think I'm going anywhere. Hilarious. Uh, just can you uh, call me when you get a chance? Bye. Emailed me immediately. Was like, I hope you're okay. Okay, look. Um, don't jump yeah. off the bridge. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> because again, that, that's just my personality. But yeah. he did not know me, so he was very concerned. And he was just like, let's meet up. Mm-hmm. And we ended up meeting up at the Blackish Rap Party mm-hmm. that my friend had um, invited me to. And he was just like, I'm so glad you're okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk. And we were talking. He was asked me what I wanted, what I wanted to do, and he even showed me like some of the shorts that he directed back yeah. in Philly. And he was just like, well, if I find something for you, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. A month go by, <laughs> April go by. He gets on a show as script coordinator. And I'm still just like, I'm going to move back to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hits me up a month, like a week after my birthday in May. And he's like, hey, I got you two interviews. Mm. A black, a blackish PA position opened up. And then their script coordinator position on this miniseries. Mm. I could not make it to Blackish yeah, traffic, mm. and I ended up making it to this interview for this miniseries. And when the the showrunner turns his head, I'm like, "Fuck, it's <laughs> it's Abdul." Really? And I met Abdul a year before at a Crenshaw book fair. Hilarious. <laughs> and Aaron was there. Aaron mm. was like, "Hey, you should come to this. We're having a panel with the other writers. You should come." And I went. And I I saw Abdul like what he's done. He did lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. Abdul just, Williams, shout out to Abdul. Yeah, and I went on the side of stage, and you know, Aaron was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. have you met? Have you met Christina?" Da, da, da. I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and we had talked, but at the time, he his daughter I think was one at the time. Right. So he was doing daddy mm-hmm. <laughs> daddy duty. So whenever we were on the phone. I kept on hearing her scream in the background. I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe this isn't a good time. He's like, no, no, you know what? Call me later. And I was like, you know what? I can't call. He's probably trying to get me off the phone. Like, I thought all the bad things. So I never called him back. Hilarious. And when he saw me at the interview and I said, oh, fuck, he was just like, so you never wanted to call me back? (laughs) So you're hired. And I got hired. He was like, you know the job, right? And I was like, yeah, I know the job. Called Hank. I was like, I have no idea what the job is. And Hank. Sometimes you got to say yes. I love it. Yeah. Hank was just like, I got you. Mm -hmm. And he trained me like the whole week before um, we switched roles. Because he got his first job as a staff writer Mm -hmm. on the Motown series for for Netflix. Mm -hmm. And Yo, another crash course. Because <laughs> I had to be on set every single day. Sometimes there were 16-hour days. But I got close with Abdul. Right. And I got to have conversations with him that I don't think I would have been able to have with most writers. And I think at first he was very guarded because he was just like, why does this girl ask me so many guys mm-hmm. questions? But I think he saw the, the genuine curiousness for me to understand what am I going to take on. Mm-hmm. And... Again, can I interject something just really quick? I apologize. Please no, keep your ahead. thought. Okay. Um, can you tell everybody the importance of why everybody just wants to be the writer's assistant? Yeah. The importance of being a script coordinator. Like you just said, I'm working right there with Abdul, the showrunner of the show. Yeah. All this time, they keep forgetting that importance. Can you just tell them the importance of the script coordinator and how you actually have access 
yeah. to the studio and the net, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I literally was on set every day. We had changes every day. Mm-hmm. That is not normal. But that miniseries, they were Chris Robinson. Shout out yeah. to Chris Robinson, who also is my idol in my head. I thought mm-hmm. I was going to be a music video director. And then I saw him and I was like, mm. and he literally was always going to Abdul for like, you know what? Let's scrap this page. I think we should do this. Mm. And it was on this on the set. I'm rewriting the script for them. We're mm-hmm. talking it out. I'm literally right there with them. And I have to distribute pages to everybody on set. So yeah. everybody knows every single department because right. every, every department is essential. You never know what they're going to get from that right. page that you just wrote for them. Everybody's going to keep abreast of everything that's going on set because the line changes. Also, location. Sometimes they did mm-hmm. not like us because mm-hmm. we had to change the scene or we had to just <clears throat> it was all about timing and how many how much money we had to spend for another location. Um, shout out to Sean Miller, who's the assistant to the producer who mm-hmm. I learned about a lot from mm-hmm. when I was just like, why are y'all mad? Why are y'all scaring? Like, because <laughs> now we have to change the location and we had this parking lot. And I was like, Okay, calm down. <laughs> uh, but it's very essential for us and also for legal purposes. We're working on a show that's based off of real people. Yeah. If a line didn't get approved by legal, you gotta clear it. We, yeah. we couldn't go about our day or we yeah. would have to wait until they cleared it yeah. from another department, sometimes maybe overseas. Mm-hmm. But they're very essential. And I hate that people, especially showrunners to this day, they don't know what a script coordinator does. Right. Um, they think we just sit alone in our house and mm-hmm. just like wait for script changes. <laughs> and sometimes it is, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just like anticipating needs by reading right. the new script and saying like, Oh, but you missed this. You, mm-hmm. you did write this new page, but as I'm looking back, I think you guys should direct, like talk about this in the writer's room of, of this changing because this line may mean something else because you're anticipating the overall final episode right. of something being said which has happened shout out to mike flanagan mike flanagan for the haunting of hill house mm-hmm. i worked on the second season black manor okay. but it's those essential things as a script coordinator that you pick up that i've now used in my own writing especially this new feature that i'm writing mm. so yeah how did you um <clears throat> so did you, did you end up working on several different shows as script coordinator Oh, yeah. Uh, Script coordinator and writer's assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, I went from from the New Edition story to uh, there's a show. Oh, my gosh. There's a show on BET that was based in Oakland. I was writer's assistant on. And I ended up being on that show for a month. That was my first writer's assistant position. Mm. I skipped the steps and went to script coordinator. And I ended up getting getting on the last season of Being Mary Jane. Oh, dope. and that was a full year. I was writer's assistant mm-hmm. and then transitioned to script coordinator halfway through the season. Okay. And that was my first time of like filling on like a more than 15 episode show. It was, I think we were 20 episodes. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. And it was based in another state. It was in Georgia. So sometimes I had to be up all times of the, of the night right. trying to get script pages out. And then I was on, yeah, the haunting of Bly Manor family reunion for a brief second <laughs> lovecraft country green leaf and pieces of her for a second for netflix that just came out like a year ago i mm-hmm. was on it in 2019 right. uh what else is there uh oh for a brief second until i got stabs mm. so yeah i'm probably missing two or three but i did a lot of shows you got something to say go ahead no no, no. i was just listening because it's interesting because i don't think i knew what a script coverage coordinator coordinator did so yeah i've heard of a writer's assistant of course but um it's interesting to see you know that you're up 
all hours of the night and you're not just changing the script you're also you have your own input too you know sometimes you do Mm -hmm. it depends on who the showrunner is or the co-ep because also you have a co-executive producer who is also essential to the show (coughs) um that's why they also get paid the big bucks exactly (laughs) are they i always think of them as kind of being one of their jobs at least they're kind of an editor and okay. some like they're they're cross checking, make sure everything's spelled correctly. Yeah. Like you said, you might have the name Jerry Jerome. You can't use that name. She has to get it cleared. You're using a song, they have to mm-hmm. get that cleared. Like there's so many little things that you have no idea. You just think are just in a movie or a TV show. Yeah. Somebody like her had to go through it, you know, before it went to legal. And actually, you're probably talking to legal, you know, all that stuff. So. Yes. There, and there's nice <clears throat> legal and there's not nice legal, <laughs> which I also have found out. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So how did you finally get the staff job? Let's talk about that. Uh, during COVID hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and you were still trying to write your scripts and still stuff. Still trying too. to write, and I ended up moving back to Oakland for a brief. Yeah, I was like, we're still paying my lease, mm-hmm. but I moved back to Oakland because I was just like, I went through a bad breakup. Right. That he ghosted me once, like Ooh. we were on lockdown. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going home. I'm going to lose some Exit. weight because <laughs> I can't love weight. And I'm Rich, gonna- Rich said he's gonna get him for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, I'm gonna go back home and be with my parents. Right. And as I was doing that, I was trying to apply for jobs. Um, my the show right now I was still working with before the show got let go during mm-hmm. when at the start of COVID, um, she paid me like a month a month's worth of oh, rent. So I was just like, I'm gonna spend that month to really like write. And I ended up getting on another show as a writer's assistant, mm-hmm. but it wasn't giving me time to write. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I need to apply for another <laughs> show. And I was like, oh, I really want to apply to Bad Robot again. Because right. Bad Robot, they were so great to me on mm. Lovecraft Country. They let me come in the office. Love it. I was like, I want to work. Like, you know so how you, you sit say, on the outside of the writer's room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just was like, I want to... People always say, don't pray for, hey, I want this. No, you have to tell the whole story. Like, you have to be very specific. You have to be very specific. Yes. And I was listening to Joel Osteen this morning. He was just like, don't, <laughs> don't just say you want the car. Look, describe the color. Exactly. Describe, the, describe the make and model. And I was just like, I really want to work at Bad Robot because they were nice to me. I felt welcomed. Mm-hmm. And I felt a part of a family. Mm. And one day during the writer's room that I was in virtually, I got a call <laughs> and I took the call and I just put myself on mute right. and it was with Kira Snyder and she was like, Hey, I got your resume. We've already like got a script coordinator, but I just wanted to talk to you. And we saw for 10 minutes. She's asked me about, I think like TV shows that I liked. Mm-hmm. Did I have a, a sample? <laughs> and then she shut it off after 10 minutes, like literally at the 10 minute mark. She was like, okay, bye. And shut off. <laughs> and I was like, so I've literally, this is the first interview that I've done where I have failed. Mm. And it was a bad robot. This really sucks. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I get an email from her, CC'd Farsharia mm-hmm. and Ran Ravage saying, hey, sorry for the weird Zoom. I want to <laughs> interview you for the staff writer position. Yes. And then four months later, I had interviews with HBO, with Bad Robot. Wait, wait. How many months later? Four months. Uh-huh. Yeah. People think it happened overnight. It, it did not. Like, I it's literally over. was, like, talking to my manager. I was like, are they fucking around with me right now? <laughs> yeah. And my mom is just like, I think you're I think you're fine. God is telling me. I was like, God ain't telling me nothing. <laughs> he ain't telling me nothing. <laughs> but there, I had, like, multiple interviews with showrunners, Bad Robot, HBO, and I forgot, one other, other company. Mm-hmm. And finally, the week before Thanksgiving, <laughs> my manager calls me. 
Well, my manager and agent called me at the time and tell me they they like called me twice. And I was like, oh god, this is probably <laughs> telling me I didn't get it after all this time. And they called me. And they're like, hey, so you got it? And it's not registering. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, oh. Oh, I got That's okay. Hilarious. All right, cool. And yeah, I started. Where were you that, at the time when it happened? I was in my apartment, in my corner, <laughs> with my plant, me and my plant in the That's corner. Me in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and but when one thing that my mentor told me to do, two mm-hmm. things: um, record myself mm. and write down how I'm feeling, right. what I was going through in that moment, because I will never get it again. That's cute. And then it's the, the first one. It is the yes, first one. Agreed. And then the second one. I shouldn't say this. Say what you feel like you can say. <laughs> she also told me to write write those emails. Oh. Those emails. Really? To tell everybody, look, I got the job. Mm. Even the ones that don't want to hear from me, mm. write the email. And the ones that I knew didn't want to hear from me, they were the first to hit me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that. I was like, this is so weird. And some of them, now we have reestablished our relationship. Okay. And... Because you've earned it, mm-hmm. and and I don't mean like in, which in is that, weird to me still. Here's an interesting thing. Here's a, uh, let's let's get into this right quick. So one of the things that myself and Ben Watkins do when we're staffing yeah. is we ask people who is your nemesis. That's the last question we ask. Here's why. I'm trying to get to two things. I'm trying to see if you're going to be open enough to tell me you have a problem with somebody, or if you're going to tell me. No matter what my mom said that I never will make it or my boyfriend who said that's just a hobby of yours and the teacher who said you can't write. Yeah. That's the person I'm writing toward. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get you to tell me that story okay. so that I go, oh, she's really open. She's really comfortable. He, whoever, is mm-hmm. really comfortable with themselves. So then when we're in the room, they're going to be cool telling me true stories from their heart. If that makes sense. Yeah, it I makes sense. That. But it still makes me mad. I am <laughs> at Kim Powers level. <laughs> where I'm just like, fuck these hoes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wrote those emails. Mm-hmm. I was in that room for eight months. Oh wow, that's a long one. Um they kept on they extended me twice, which I was like, I'm famous. <laughs> what was the first show again? That was what? Demi Mon for JJ oh, Abrams. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And okay, it that's not, not bad. Yeah, it did not go, but I got right. to write a script that JJ Abrams okay, read. Look. Was he in the room? Yes, he was okay. in the room. You, can, you had to learn some shit. <laughs> oh, the first week. <clears throat> right. Because he came in the room twice a week. Mm-hmm. And we had to be prepared with all of our pitches. Right. And the first time around, which I hope he gets a knock out of it. I think I told him this, too, because mm-hmm. we had like a exit. Like, hey, how you doing? Right. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, yeah, Tuesday, you came in, you pitched a whole bunch of stuff for five minutes. And then you looked at me through Zoom and you said, Christina. So what are your thoughts? And I was like, you know, like things. <laughs> and he was like, what, what, what specific thing? And you know, one of the showrunners like, came in and was like, I think Christina is trying to say da da da. I was like, oh, save by my showrunner. <laughs> and then I had to talk, my showrunners had to talk with me like, hey, just want to let you know this is how he works. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so I'm not prepared. Mm. All this time I'm not prepared. Right. And so when that Thursday came, I did all the research. I spent two days, even after we, we cut the Zoom for the rest of the day, I was on those notes. I was on all the things that he pitched. Right. So on Thursday, he came in. Mm-hmm. He pitched for five minutes again. <laughs> and I'm literally writing and looking at him on the face on Zoom. And he right. was like, and he goes again, Christina, 
so what mm-hmm. so what you think of that i was like actually i like this part but i think we should work on the, the earlier part in the pilot because mm-hmm. i think this will work because this is not working for mm-hmm. me and da, 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 he was and you can see his face like right bitch got herself together <laughs> <laughs> i was like i sure did that's experience here's something that a lot of people probably don't know when i'm in meetings and they go like where do you want to be in five years i usually i used to say i want to be the black jj abrams yeah, I remember. You, you, you remember, me that. you remember. Yeah. Now I just say I want to be like JJ, a JJ Abrams. You yeah. know what I mean? And mainly, it's not that I want to be doing his type of work. I just want to be able to do movies and TV whenever I want. And he's yeah. one of those people. Like he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why. No, that's interesting. That's no, cute. it was really great because even outside of the room when we were on Zoom, I still have not met him face to face to this day. Oh my god! Everything has still been on Zoom. Right. And but he's been so gracious and supportive. And even my my short my shortness, Kira far and ran all been supportive and even Inda Inda was um, I think consulting producer mm-hmm. please don't hate me Inda if that was not uh, I know you were above me and I pay great uh, but they were all super helpful and very patient and gentle with me since it was my first room and it was just five of us mm. and like I couldn't have asked for a better room honestly it's, a, it's important I, I always feel bad when I talk to writers and their first room is not the greatest experience you know and I think the perfect in the perfect room. Now, mind you, I think part of the problems is a lot of writers are coming in on these mini rooms, so they're only in there for eight to ten weeks. So you yeah. everything just move, 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 move. So you don't have that twenty week, forty week time when you're in a room on a normal show, <clears throat> where you could be the staff writer on the show and you're in your office. Even if you shared an office with another staff writer, some co EP would come in. And be like, hey, Christina, you know, how you guys doing? You guys need anything? Or, hey, I noticed when you guys pitch, you might want to check it out like this. Yeah. You, you're missing the grooming, you know, of the, the culture to really build it for you so that you could learn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so they're not experiencing probably what you probably got. Yeah. You know, some they're probably with somebody like they knew. We gotta, we gotta help them. She's only been here a week. We gotta save. We can't let her get imposter syndrome this early. We gotta, yeah. you know what I mean? And I had to receive yeah. that also because I really didn't have imposter syndrome. And sometimes they had to sometimes go back because of me. Right. And <clears throat> when I was a coordinator and writer assistant, assistant, I got treated badly mm. half the time. Right. I talked down to uh, two situations. <laughs> I messed up on a script. Mm-hmm. And a writer, when I came in to to because they addressed it in front of the whole room. Wow. As I walked out, one of the writers was just like, "Yeah, she needs to go back to remedial English." Wow! And <clears throat> it just, I was like, I can't, I can't do any better. And it was like another another time, <laughs> a writer came up to me and touched my hair and was like, Ooh. "Soft like my dog." Mm-hmm. What? And get him, Jerry. <laughs> it was like there's been things in my my whole thing. I'm just like I, I would be the go to of being talked down to. Mm. I didn't know my job. Um, I didn't fix their sentence correctly. Mm. I didn't know where to put periods or commas at. Wow. Why I was getting verbally assaulted mm. by their assistant who was their family member Mm. but i was in the wrong Mm -hmm. and i can tell you on my hand i probably got now got fired five times (laughs) at at least and every time it still hurts me thinking back but i can honestly say like i'm so thankful i'm not there i'm so glad i left when i did and even one room i remember the showrunner walked out the room Hmm. and the the upper level writer said to me she didn't want me to pitch in the room. Wow. She said that um, 
every time I pitch, it was like I was calling them a bitch. What? And now let me just ask you before you finish finish this. I can say this can, now because I'm like I'm okay because now, now we are a writer, right? Mm-hmm. But I use these examples as like I've seen these people today. Mm. Some of them do not talk to me. One of them did looked at me and was like, "I don't know you." Wow, I don't remember you. And I had to remind them, and the look on their face, <laughs> they couldn't say anything. <laughs> and a lot of the times, I have to take that as. <laughs> Another thing my pastor said, John Paul at Faithful Central, <laughs> is just people will, you will never know why people treated you that way and stop thinking about it. Stop yeah. thinking about what, why they did a thing. Sometimes they're just there to show oh. you, don't go that way. Mm-hmm. Don't act that way. When you become the person that you want to be, right. you know not to be that person. Right. And, but also, I don't want to be in a room with people like that. Or I have to check those people at a certain level mm-hmm. when I, I have the leadership and I have that role of being like, hey, can we talk? That wasn't nice. How about we work on something else of of not talking to someone like that? (laughs) But I I can honestly say some of those things, those same scenarios I have used in scripts. (laughs) Good. But it's just, yeah, a lot of times I I look at people and just, I've been through a lot of it, Mm -hmm. almost all of it, the yelling, the throwing at things. Yes, I've had those rooms. But again, I have to balance it with the good that I've had from people and the mentors I got. J Kid and mm-hmm. Sonya yeah. um, from Lovecraft. They mm-hmm. were like, I told them what I've been through, and they were like, "So we're your mentors now." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay," and I'm like, again, J Kid, he's dope. Yeah, just like from Demi Ma and all my showrunners mm-hmm. and JJ. Like, I have to think all the bad things I went through. They can't come close to the good that I've received from the people that have helped me along the way. And again, like yeah. our relationship, mm-hmm. like every now and again, I'll be like, so yeah, I need and a she'll thing. She'll call me. She'll be like, um, <laughs> we need to jump on a car. Yeah, I need a thing. Um, can, you, can I ask you about this? Is this real? Is yeah. this okay to say? Mm-hmm. And again, that comes with the years of understanding. And do you feel like I help you a little bit? Yeah, you do. Sometimes okay. you piss me off. Cause I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But then I have to realize like, I have to do that for right now. Right. To get ahead. I think- here's, here's an interesting thing, something you said earlier that I love. And maybe it's just me, you know, at 53. Brothers is pretty. Um, you are. I'm serious. <laughs> so- I'm like looking at you every time. I'm like, what is this regimen? Yeah, we vampires. I had some blood <laughs> last night. You know, when I got a couple necks. I give away you know, a couple necks. Okay. <laughs> had some of that V from True Blood, that V. <laughs> so here's the interesting thing. Maybe it's just me and my older age. Um, Rich over there is too young to know anything about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up, Rich. <laughs> I always feel like I always feel like uh, uh, little, little Richie. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> here's a funny thing. Um, <laughs> I'm cracking myself up. Um, I have a thing where some reason the things that bother me don't bother me for very long, and I can't wait to get to <clears> that level. Ever wonder how to bottle up pure excitement, unbridled joy, and limitless potential in a single word? Woohoo! Woohoo Apparel is on a mission to unleash the infectious energy of woohoo onto the world. And they're doing it with undeniable style. 
I'm talking cool, fun designs made of soft-combed, ring-spun USA Premium cotton and 50% polyester and in sizes from small to extra-large to fit all woohoo enthusiasts across the globe. Get your t-shirts and apparel at woohooapparel.com and use the promo code WOOHOOSRR. That's capital W-O-O-H-O-O, lowercase S-R-R. Links in the show notes. Here's why. I'll give you a total different example to make you understand. Here's why I'm one of the most calmest people on set. Yeah. So my first film that I wrote, direct, and produced, um, we were supposed to shoot it at this big warehouse. It was my ex's warehouse at the time. Mm -hmm. And he, something happened with permits, like something went wrong two weeks before we were supposed to shoot. So I had hired this super dope award-winning art department who was going to, it took place on a subway train. We were going to put it inside of this giant warehouse put it close to a wall and build these like pipes. So it looked like we're inside of a tunnel, yeah. you know? <clears throat> well, when that got canceled because he lost his permits and we had to wait another month before we can come back, I lost her because she got another film. That's what, so at first I was feeling all those things that you feel. Yeah. I was feeling like a failure. How am I going to do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then it came to a shooting. We had none of that. All we did was the art department sprayed the window so it looked like water was coming down a little bit. It looks perfect. So I was like, oh, I was tripping yeah. about that thing. And then the, the, the place we were going to rent was going to be like $5,000 a day for yeah. two days, right? And because he lost the permit, he gave it to us for free. And why wait for it. And then the big subway train, he ended up having one of his guys on the dock take their truck with the hitch and go bring it all the way there because he felt bad that we had to lose all these things. You see what I'm saying? That was the lesson. All that angst and anxiety I had was like, oh, it's supposed to be the film it's supposed to be. And here I am 30 projects now past that. I'm like, so anytime I'm tripping, I'm like, we're going to get the cast we're supposed to get. We're going to get the DP we're supposed to get, and it's going to be what it is. Yeah. Great or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's how I have chilled my, you know what I mean? That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's why. That's what I'm really trying to teach all of you other filmmakers coming up. You can't control the shit that's out there. You can do your best to make sure the logistics and everything run smoothly. Yeah. But it's not always going to. So what can you do? It's just know, okay, the thing we're going to get is going to be what it was supposed to be. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I've told this story or similar th- stories like this. And people are like, oh, I didn't even know. How many times, even your film that you have, there's probably something you can't stand to see. Yeah. But nobody has a problem with it but you. Yeah. You see I'm, what I mean? I'm very much like, <laughs> exactly. oh, I could have done it this way. Oh, I could Yeah. Been, and you're I never going to stop this. that. You're never going to stop that. I, I, I'm literally like, God, can you put something in me when the clock strikes 40 <laughs> next year? Don't. Right. <laughs> Just never, never change anything after the project is done. Just <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might be some later on director's uh, uh, version that you wanted to do. Cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, I, I wouldn't cut that out. Because yeah. sometimes it's, and you also remember that especially 
once you start getting into the studio system, you have a deadline. That There's part. a turnaround. So if you TV. get blessed to, like, say, do a Lifetime movie, just spitballing that as a general, yeah. a Hallmark, a BET movie, whatever, they're going to be like, you have three months, right? I'm generalizing, yeah. right? To make this project, et cetera, et cetera. So that means from casting to shooting to post to everything yeah. to turning in, here's my final cut, right? By that point. So imagine had you had had six months, you could have went, let me watch a couple other things to get some other ideas and see what I could. But in that time, you're just moving, 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 moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it may not be the version that you would have actually done, but you're proud of it. Yeah. So that's how you got to yeah. turn your, if that makes sense. No, because I always say that because I just finished um, this program called Film Independent Project Involve. Ciao. And been applying on and off for the last 10 years and finally got in as a director. Wait, how many fellow. times? <laughs> I know. How many years? Uh, 10 years. <clears throat> wow. On and off. Uh, even like different departments, writing, directing, directing. They had a, at one point, director, writer. Right. And at some, one time I was just volunteering to see if like I could smooge my way in. <laughs> and But finally I got in last year and mm. even through the process, I was like, I looked at our, our final cut and sometimes I'm like, oh, I should have had that ending. I shouldn't have listened to them. Mm-hmm. I, I like the the I ending. one more close up. Yeah, I was just like, oh, <laughs> the people would have just laughed through the credits if we had to add that. But I'm like, no, this is... This is our film. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You make the next one better. Mm. Yeah. That's it. Yes. And for money. (laughs) (laughs) That first film I'm telling you about, the first day we shot, the guy who was my lead um, booked a national commercial that he couldn't turn down. Yeah. So, we lost him for the whole half a day. It's only two people on this in the whole thing. Oh, no. So... All these amazing, cool shots and things I was going to do on the subway train, I had oh. to make it flat and just like basic, you know, over the shoulder, boom, boom, master this way, this, let's go, right? And in my head, I was like, oh, that's not the movie I wanted to do and blah, blah, blah. Six months later, critically acclaimed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You never know what is going to happen with whatever because the content was there. Yeah. The dialogue, the acting was still there. All that pretty camera work I wanted to do was out the was out the window. Yeah. But you can see there's still a filmmaker in there. You mm. know what I mean? That's that's what I had to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> I'm a tourist. I'm hard headed. Yeah, on. well there's that little <laughs> bull. <laughs> so um let's jump to FBI. Is that yeah, it? FBI International. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you get to that? Literally, I got a new rep. <laughs> um, I'm at Paradigm now, and Matt Snow was like, hey, I got your interview. I know showrunners, and uh, Derek over there, uh, he's got one more spot. Just mm. do well. Right. <laughs> and I was interviewed by Matt Olmsted and Derek uh, on a Friday, and it was for almost an hour, mm-hmm. and they just asked me, like, I binged two weeks of episodes of their first season because there's only first se- one season at a right. time. I watched all the episodes, took down notes, and I think one of the main characters, I had a lot of like, oh, we should do this in second season. Oh, I would love to see this. And they, I guess they liked my ideas because that Tuesday, I got a job. Really? <laughs> and at the time, I moved back to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> I moved back to That's Oakland. Hilarious. And I was working actually as a story consultant for another podcast, a scripted mm-hmm. podcast show for four weeks. Uh, that also helped me to move back into my place mm-hmm. um, when FBI started. Okay. 
and FBI was hard for me at first. Well, you know, to, but to be honest, I think it was a hard first season for me because I was entering procedural life. I'd never been in that world. It was Let's 20, talk about the difference. What's the yeah, difference for you? 22 episodes. Mm-hmm. You're, I started June 6th. If the strike wouldn't have happened, I probably would have gone to May 12th. Mm. But we stopped on May 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going overseas. Uh, for episodes, I wrote right. two scripts. I went overseas twice to Budapest. You did? Yeah. Okay, see what I'm talking about. Yeah, but I'm by myself. Right. In a country where everybody on set does not look like me, except yeah. one of the leads. Got mm-hmm. it. And even then, I can't talk to them and kind of be like, hey, what is, what, what is our the language. experience? Mm. Mm-hmm. And the language barrier here. Mm-hmm. But I had to literally put my big girl panties on and do what I needed to do and, right. and learn the, my role. And I'm thankful for the directors on set who... I got partnered with and them helping me just be on set as a writer and me making sure like, hey, I don't want to overstep. Can we talk about this? And they were like, go, go do your thing. Mm -hmm. And that was extremely helpful for me because that gave me power on set, my own internal power to be like, oh, I am doing a a good thing. Oh, Mm -hmm. I I do. I am. I'm more secure in knowing like, oh, I did ask the right question this time because I now have (laughs) a backbone. Um, But the security to know I'm doing my job. Right. Yeah, I think I think it also helps your director also. Yeah, and you've been on some sets, you yeah. know. And this is what I'm always trying to tell the filmmakers today. And you know, you you've heard me say this before. Um, Jade is you, you can't compare a network TV show to your short film, mm-hmm. but what you can compare is being on a set. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to. Everybody's like, but it's not this and it's not that. I'm like, I know it's not that. But you're going to feel a lot better being like, oh, I've been on a set and I've spoken to the art department. It might be one person. Yeah. But you've spoken to them. You know how to, you know how to understand what it is they do that they brought to life, the room and the production value, whatever it is that you have, when it was just the white walls and now all of a sudden it's colorful and it looks like a bedroom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now you understand how to talk to them. And that it's the same thing when you get to a network show. It's just way more people involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're usually just talking to the head of the department anyway. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So those are the things that I'm just trying to help people to understand is now you know how to talk to the gaffer and the DP and you see what's happening. You're not worried about what do I do when I get on a set? You'll understand, oh, when I get on the set, it's like this is just bigger. Yeah. The machine is just moving faster. Everybody has their place. You know what I mean? But it's the same. Yeah, and you know? and to the directors on FBI, I still keep in touch with, um, including Michael Cataman, who was the okay. EP of that show. Mm-hmm. He, I cannot, I cannot say enough good things of just how he made my first experience on set very, very comfortable, but also asking me questions. Smart to push me to be like, this is also your job, and right. also I need to know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, so now you're working on that. I was asking you. What do you find was the differences going from your previous shows to uh, the procedural show? Mm-hmm. And I know we talked about 20 episodes or whatever, which is a lot. Yeah. You guys are there probably eight months as opposed to four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Five. You know what I mean? So what, was, what, what do you think are some of the differences between? Well, literally that was 10 months out my year. 10 months, wow. And a lot of my friendships were put on hold or mm-hmm. I would have to schedule a month out like, hey, we're meeting on this date so we can like catch up and stuff. Right. And I was very much serious about my job. I made it a point to stay late sometimes or come on the weekends. Right. The writers never knew. Um, even when we were like, hey, this is our week off. You guys can just Zoom from home. 
I was in the office. I wanted to make sure that I took advantage of all the things that were free to me. Yes, indeed. And I remember even one of the one of the one of the writers questioned it. They were like, "You don't need to be here. <laughs> yeah, this is the end of the season. You don't need yeah. to be here." And then one week they were they we were called into the writers room. Hey, can we pitch this out? And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "I'm here." Exactly. <laughs> and so I learned very quickly of how to be essential, but also learn what I didn't know and mm-hmm. to be quiet, but also still <clears throat> push myself to ask questions so they know like, hey, I'm still a part of this room, still trying to be essential. And again, I'm still learning and growing about that that world, but right. it was more so you're always on. And our scripts were due immediately, immediately for procedurals and probably someone would be like, that was long. Mm-hmm. Um, outline, how, many, how, how long do you guys have? Outline and scripts, a month. Outline and scripts a month? Yeah. But you're, you're still in the room, though. Yeah, you're not like, you don't go home no. for that time. Okay. No, yeah. I was still in the room. Okay. Um, and even my my first scripts, mm-hmm. I got a month and a half. Wow. Because everybody from season one had come back. I was mm-hmm. one of the new two people that came. So I got extra time because everybody had gotten their outline and script done early. Okay. So I had extra time. Okay. And even that, I was getting help from my showrunners to... Mm-hmm again trying to get, understand the process of just like hey we can't end the story like this we need more action scenes da, right. da, da, da. It like it was like christina mm-hmm. m- move the train right and so by the second episode it was more so i was an outline stage where that was happening like oh we the outline is due da, 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 mm-hmm. thanksgiving's cap happening right and a lot of it is the train is moving and the train will move without you right. and we will let you go yep. if the train moves without you right. And I learned very quickly of just like, get the shit out. And I think on that second outline, when I finally got some notes back, I wrote that shit out, got some notes back notes back from one of the upper levels and gave it to my showrunner, train moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we're prepping. Right. The script is written. Yeah. We're prep. Oh, you're on a plane now. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many other things to it when you're on a procedure in another country or another state yeah. that you're moving even faster. And you're having to be a part and you're a part of the cause because you're doing another, you know, round of revisions. You're still on the tone calls mm-hmm. on. I was on all the calls the second time around because the first episode I was supposed to go, I got COVID for the first time. Oh, we did talk about that. That's right. I forgot about that. And I, but my, <laughs> but Derek let me go for the last five days of shooting because I was just like, because he felt really, I think he felt bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you can go and I'm on set like, Hey guys, <laughs> but it, I got to be there. So second time around, um, Matt Olmstead, he let me go for the f- um, for basically the full time. Mm. So I was gone for almost two and a half weeks. Okay, and our department, I got to like me and the director were picking vases and lamps <laughs> for one of the scenes, uh, <clears throat> going through stunt stuff. Like I was in all those meetings that sometimes writers don't get to go no. go to, but they were like, "Do you want to be a part of it?" I was like, yes, "I want to be for everything." Absolutely. Um, so the second time around was really cool. I got to stay up to do a car flip at like two o'clock in the morning. Nice. Um, which stunt coordinator was that second unit stuff or what was that? Yeah, the second unit stuff, okay. but still, our my director was involved still. Mm-hmm. And again, just learning that the stunt team is amazing. Ken, who's our stunt coordinator over there, and our director for a second unit, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, you said something earlier that made me start thinking about. The, Debbie Allen is known for telling actors to like when they're on her sets not to be like hanging out in your trailer but actually to be like by the set 
Yeah. And and actually in within iReach, like where she could kind of see you in the wings or something. And mainly it's because, and it's the same thing you were saying about going to your office. There's something about being there mm-hmm. that you'll get pulled in on stuff that you, because you weren't there, you wouldn't get pulled in on. Yeah. And, and it's the same analogy for the actors is a lot of times actors just go straight to their trailer when they're done. Yeah. Instead of sitting around going, wait, they're shooting them from that angle. What if they need me to come in and do yeah. such and such? You, sometimes shit changes. But because you're not there, the director might go, ah, fuck it, I don't want to have to deal with him coming all the way from the trailer. Let's yeah. just shoot it this way. And even though he had an idea, it'd be cool for Jerry to walk in to do such and such. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it just came in at the moment. Yeah. So... That's why it's the same theory to me for the actors and for the for the for the writers. If you can be by the room, be by the room as much as possible. Be in your office and leave the door wide open. Let people know you're there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you can and say, "Hey, I'm gonna be working on my script, but if y'all need me, I'll pop in and help you pitch, or whatever." Yeah. you know what I mean. It's it's still a good thing. You know, if that makes sense. No, yeah. that's, and that's happened on set. Right. And then next thing you know, hey, Christina, can you just uh. We need help. Yeah. And I'll be like, I sure can help. <laughs> and I remember one time, it was just a makeup thing. Mm. Uh, our, our ballet, our ballerina in my episode, mm-hmm. she the, the way that they did her eye makeup, it looked like Black Swan. Oh, and it was very much like, number one, my showrunner's going to be mad at me because he's like, why is our actress looking like this? Mm-hmm. And second of all, I got to look up qu- something quick on my phone that actually looks like a ballerina's face right. to basically showcase this is uh, this is a, a ballet about blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like working with the actual actor who was a ballerina in New York of just like talking to the makeup artist who only speaks Hungarian <laughs> about how to <laughs> like translate the makeup. Right. So these little things, sometimes the little things become very big, very Mm -hmm. big things that you have to just solve on the spot and just know, like, you got it. Let's keep moving. Train the train. Right. But see, that's the cool experience about being there for two weeks is you get to be part of that machine. Yeah. That's moving. You know, the first day or two, it's kind of a little weird. And you go, oh, I get the rhythm. This isn't even that bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, it's, I just have to be on my P's and Q's. Yeah. Oh, I just have to think logistically. Oh, I have to be, like, I always say to me, the thing that makes the best producers are somebody who's an anticipator. Yeah. And somebody who's sitting around going, where are the fires? Listening, <laughs> you know? And that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Because I... I haven't gotten there yet, mm-hmm. but ser- sincerely, in that second episode, I anticipated a right. little bit more, and he could see that, mm-hmm. and I was like, Am I, I don't want to step on his toes, because I know he's the director, and right. blah, blah, blah. but I know sometimes he would just like, just go, like, he would give me a look like, just go in there, you already mm-hmm. know. Right. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's about communication, and you could mm-hmm. you could pull your director aside. Like, um, I just had, like, Jeff Bird on, and some other people, yeah. and we were talking about... Um, um, and I had um, Princess Monique on last yeah. week, and we were talking about that it's it's okay, it should be okay for you to be like, oh, he's the director, like you just meet them, yo, we're going to be here for two weeks or whatever, let's try to find some time to go to lunch or dinner, you know what I mean, so that we can build our bond, mm. so that we can have our little second hand, of, so it's not like us embarrassing each other <laughs> on the set, it's got to be a lot more like, how do you need me, how do you prefer that I... If I have a note for you, how would you want me to approach you? Yeah. And vice versa. You know what I mean? So that we have a, if so it feels seamless, if you will. You know what I mean? So those, those questions, those moments, I think are super important to yeah. have. You know what I mean? Do you, when you're on the set 
in the morning? Do you try to pop into the stars trailer and say hi to them in the morning or like no. what's your what's your flow? I never got that experience. Okay. I got was more that by choice or was that just didn't get into that? I never got into it. It was literally the actress came to me. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, I think it's just because, again, we're overseas. I'm getting there when they're still getting prepped. Right. And also unfamiliarity with, with me because I'm mm-hmm. the new guy right. still. And I think I made an impression on two of the, the actors who I still keep in touch with. Right. But it was more so I felt very hesitant because I didn't want to I didn't ruin want to ruin the, you know, the mood, the whole the whole setup that they have. And again, I don't know how they're going to receive me because I had a situation in the past where yeah. an actor just came at me hella hard yeah. on set and where I was just like, I don't want to I don't wanna fuck this up. Mm. So I'm going to just stay back. Right. And until these two actors like came up to me like, hey, how you doing? I heard you as a writer. Didn't right. I was like, oh, this. OK, this is a safe space. OK, let me. All right, cool. But it was. Yeah, I think whoever and I don't know who did that to you. And I'm sorry that happened to you. <clears throat> I'm not sure whoever the top of the call sheet is. Mm-hmm. That usually is the one that I would be like, oh, I, I'm producing this episode today. I should say hi. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? To establish, especially with them, because yeah. they're the ones who usually set the culture. Yeah. Like I was telling the story the other day. I don't know if you were hearing for this one or not. Um, I was talking about how my f- my first, I was an actor back then, but my first day on series City of Angels with, ba- with Blair Underwood, mm-hmm. I was getting dressed and I was playing this cop. And I was in there eating my breakfast and I was there like 10 minutes. And I get a knock on the door. I'm like, I just got here. They said I had a half hour. So I was opening the door. I was all on the mood. I'm like, like what? <laughs> and it's Blair. And he's like, hey, welcome to the set. He's like, get on your outfit. Five minutes. Come meet me. And I'm going to introduce you to everybody. And I was like, huh? I've been on dozens of sets. Never has that happened. Yeah. But he was showing you as the top of the call sheet, this is my show. This is how we work. We are family oriented. This is Vivica Fox. This is Hill Harper. This is whoever. You know what I mean? He was bringing you into the fold to let you know this is how the show goes. And I was like, oh, so that means if I'm there representing the showrunner, I got to be like, let him know how I want the culture to run. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's. And that's a conversation you can have with your showrunner also, yeah. you know, before you go, you know, wherever. I'm generalizing, not using you as an example, yeah. is to be like, how do you, what do you do with the actors in the morning or the director? Do you do this or how do you do that? You know what I mean? And it's, and it's at least a co-EP. Somebody should be able to be like, here's what you should do. It's okay for this. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So you just go up to them and be Why like, not? hey, what's good? It's, I, I would go, at least go to when they're getting their makeup on. Just pop in. Like, hey, guys, I'm such and such. I'm, I, I'm, I wrote this episode today. Bella, pleasure to meet you guys. You guys are super amazing. If you need anything, let me know. It's, it's just that. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's, you're the showrunners. You're representing the showrunner I, that day. You're the producer. You have weight. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's just me. That's just what I would do. I know. You know, um, got it. Okay. <laughs> Shut up, girl. <laughs> so, um, what's next for you? Uh, selling stuff okay. and working to get on another show as a, a staff writer because my next position is an executive story editor. Right. And again, I'm still considered lower level. Is your show over? Is it still, it's still going on, right? Uh, FBI, yes. I got. Right. I was the one that got laid off. Oh, 
I missed that part. <laughs> okay. No, it's all good. Right. I, I got the call and I was like, okay. Right. But a few of my other friends got laid off from the other Dick Wolf shows. And I was like, yeah. Well, I guess I, I have a family exactly. <laughs> to join me. It wasn't just on, you on the on the couch with. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm selling a lot of stuff. Some like I have a new a new pilot that's a football pilot about a black woman playing mm-hmm. football in high school mm-hmm. uh, against her older brothers. Uh, we're trying to sell that. I have a new feature that's uh, my friend called Danger Beach. Uh, that's cute. Uh, that's a thriller mystery that I have, mm-hmm. and then I have another series with Story Twenty Seven. I think I can say that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just developing. We're just talking right. over. Uh, just a, it's my Black Emily in Paris. Oh, cute. And we're <clears throat> hopefully continuing to develop that. And then again, I'm finished. I finished a short film through the Film Independent Program, mm-hmm. so we're hoping to get into film festivals very, very soon. And my manager just put me up um, to direct a feature. Nice. So hoping I get interviewed for that and that can be my first feature. And then I'm developing my first feature that mm-hmm. I wrote called Worth It that mm-hmm. I did a proof of concept short film mm-hmm. for that's still like it's making its last rounds in film festivals. Okay. But I'm hoping to transition into directing um, because that's always been my number one at the end of the day. Right. Writing was more so <laughs> it was an on again, off again thing for me because I kept on getting pushed and pulled and directing was always it was always fun for me i've made over like 12 shorts i made a web series made a docuseries Mm -hmm. i made a a short documentary i've done a pilot uh like i want to get into the directing side of things and i know a lot of people have a lot of feelings about it um as we have discussed in the Mm -hmm. the wga black committee meeting meeting but this is something that I have to do that I also love and that is very inspiring. And mm-hmm. sometimes I cry because I'm just like, I want it so badly and they, right. these hoes ain't giving me <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but I, again, I'm hoping to transition to that <clears throat> this year by just again reiterating. And now I have a, a good short film that I can right. show people like, look, nigga, <laughs> <laughs> I can direct as well, too. Right. I so, like yeah. that. See. And in, in, in the way I see it, it's kind of like a version of what um, Princess does. Um, she is a writer, um, but she's a director first, if yeah. I recall, something like that. At least that's, she's like, that's her passion, but she writes because she has to. Yeah. And I think that maybe there's a version of looking at you write so that you can control what you direct, unless you want to be doing episodic TV and all that other stuff yeah. like that. But th- your writing should be in order to keep you um, doing the things that you want to do, the stories that you want to make. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like um, like um, Gina Prince-Bythewood. Like, she makes a lot of films. You know, of course, she's a hired person also. <clears throat> but she makes a lot of films that are, like, things she is really passionate about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And And she's at a level where she can do whatever she wants now. But at, coming up, there was a lot of, what do I want to do? You yeah. know what I mean? So just... I'm not telling you not to write, but find your reasons for writing is where I'm going. Yeah, and I have those reasons for writing. It's more so, again, I've been blocked so much Mm -hmm. from directing these last few years. And even some of the people on your show, they've blocked me. Really? And it's, 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 yeah, I'm just like, 2024, it's going to be the year. I'm tired of being blocked. (laughs) I'm tired of telling like, oh, you direct? I'm like, yes, I do. Would you like to see the reels? Mm Mm-hmm. This is the year I know it's my time to fly. Okay. People know me by writing, but it's it's time for directing as well. Okay. Well, I, I'm here supporting you. 
So I know you've never had any issue. I hope I have never. <laughs> I, have I mean, never. we almost came to a fight because you was talking crazy. What did I no, say? I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. No, but but because like, I fight a girl. <laughs> well, you are from the Bay, so that is that is a thing. Let's let's keep it real. Hilarious. Um, but no, I don't want that impression on me because no, I'm just I'm like. Totally but it's just <clears throat> I've heard a lot of people on your shows, mm-hmm. and I was even scared to come on this show because. I was just like, I'm probably going to be the first guest mm-hmm. that is going to say some shit. shit people are like, <laughs> wait, that happened? Wait, right. nobody else said that. I'm like, well, now I'm at a time in my career where I just got to say it because I've said okay, it. Okay, Monique, do your thing. Look. <laughs> Not even, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in no, moment. We don't need all that. I love you. That. I love you. I love you, my baby. <laughs> I know that's exactly what she says. But I, I just I wanted to also let people know the real of what we have to experience right. in LA and mm-hmm. why I've been back and forth. Chaz will tell you. Right. I was on the phone with Chaz. He was like, Wait, I was going to invite him to come hang up with him on the mic today. And I yeah, forgot. Chaz, yeah. he will tell you the same thing. He'd be like, Yeah, Christina has told me many a times. Right. I, and now I'm in Vallejo. <laughs> but I, people need to hear that side because they think, like, as you were saying, like, mm-hmm. Oh, it just happened overnight. No, I'm still getting angry emails from people. Really? Oh, I'm still getting told like, oh, know your place. Literally this past week. Wow. And so it was just, but I have the good moments mm. where my rep is like, hey, I'm so sorry that it took so long to read this pilot, but it's great. Mm. Let's sell it. Right. And Or the next week of somebody hit me up from the other thing that I did mm-hmm. that I was interviewed for. They were like, thank you so much for saying that because I thought I was the only one. Right. And... Sometimes we need more of that. And again, y'all weren't there at that screening with Kim Powers, but a lot of that I was just like, for real, thank you for saying that. (laughs) And I wish Mm -hmm. I would have recorded that just for myself to look Mm -hmm. back at because I thought, again, I thought I was the only one. And I'm here to tell you, you never are. Yeah. That's, that's the maturity side that I'm telling you about that. You get to a stage and you realize anytime I'm feeling like I'm the lowest, I know there's somebody else low. You could just drive down Skid Row and be like, oof, my shit is not that bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. All we want is to be in these movies and all this shit like that and to be making them. The only thing I could tell you is for every person who is becoming a nemesis to you or whatever the word is you choose, mm-hmm. you can prove them wrong by making your own shit like you've been doing. Yeah. Your work will make them have to give you respect. Yeah. Have to. They don't have to like you. But they can be like, I don't like the bitches, but she can shoot. You know what I'm saying? That part. That's it. Yeah. They don't need to be your homegirl. They don't need to be your whatever. They just need to be like, you got to respect the girl can write. Yeah. You got to respect the girl can direct. Yeah. And people like her. Yeah. And that's it. But you always going to have a hater because you're too pretty. See, you look like a girl me with your hair. And look, stuff. my friend Ashley told me the other day, she was like, oh, she's only hating on you because you're cuter. Okay, I look. was like, I just put on mascara. <laughs> I'll be rocking my natural at home. She's like, but not outside, bitch. Hilarious. Not outside. <laughs> Damn. What you got to say, Jade? Come on now. We got my girl on the mic. <laughs> Sorry. Jade is in... Uh, getting her master's degree at USC and you went to USC. Yeah. Talk to the girl. Yeah. Give, her, give her some game. I had an experience <laughs> last week. Who they, um, where they at? Let me go get them. Where they at? <laughs> it's fine. I talked to them. It was interesting because you had mentioned like 
people saying these disgusting things to you and you just have to deal with it and figure out what to say and how to handle it mm-hmm. um someone had said a racial slur on set last what? weekend and i didn't know what? how to handle it um i ended up handling it very well and mature because yeah. at first i wasn't sure if i wanted to bring it up because they knew what happened was wrong mm-hmm. but and i talked to my mom and she was like you know you bring the word power and how you handle these situations will determine, you know, your future. And I have to work with my trio mates for the rest of the semester. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we talked about it and it, we squashed it. And they understand that it's the person that was there can't be on set anymore. Yeah. Because they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Mm. Um, and that just made me uncomfortable. Like, I didn't know what to do. What am I supposed to say when I was the only black girl on set? Mm. Everyone was international student. the only. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, and it's going to be like that for a long time. I'm yeah. aware. And, and mm. they were speaking a different language anyways. Okay. So it was just like, I was uncomfortable all day. But um, that's nothing I'm not used to. So it's just figuring out how to go over these hurdles again and again and again and i just got here like a couple weeks ago yeah go ahead no you go ahead uh talk to him because you was there and i had look a lot of similar events yeah my first year uh helene head professor Mm, right also director we had a class where we had to pick a scene and I picked a scene from 25th Hour Spike Lee's film mm-hmm. where right. there's a, a five minute rant where the guy, there's fuck you on the mirror mm-hmm. and he's trying to scratch it up <laughs> and he goes on to a rant of like naming everybody like fuck you, fuck, fuck the Russians for putting the sugar in between their teeth, <laughs> fuck the black guys taking two extra steps on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And then he says fuck you to himself because the whole film is about him going mm-hmm. to jail for getting caught. Right. And afterwards, Helene was like, yo, why did you pick this scene? I was like, well, sometimes we always we have a moment where we talk shit about everybody. Sometimes we have a racist moment where we say <coughs> something. But we have to take ownership that we did something wrong. Right. And what we we did something wrong. Afterwards. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> we had a night class that all of the graduate students had to go to. Mm-hmm. It was just like a lecture series. Mm-hmm. One of my friends came up to me. Another black student came up to me and was like, hey, just want to let you know so-and-so was in that class and he was really mad and called you all types of names. Mm-hmm. That person I never have seen ever again. Mm-hmm. That person no longer is in film. <laughs> I mm-hmm. believe it. They do not matter. I mm-hmm. believe it. And when I tried to address them, they they ran away. Mm-hmm. Literally, they ran they ran away. <laughs> and I was like, no, let's talk about it. And I was coming straight out of, straight off Howard. Yeah, right. which if you know people from Howard, I'm from Jersey. So oh, you you already know. <laughs> okay. They think it's an argument. We're having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> She's so aggressive. Yeah, I'm just I like I was shit. always told aggressive uh-huh. when I literally was like, hey, we're having a conversation. Yeah. No, let's talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. And that was literally my full year at USC. And again, I was thankful for Helene. But I didn't know it until like later in life that Helene was literally she was telling me like, girl, calm down. Like that will pass. Like, don't put any like don't put more sugar into the into right. that that cake mix mm-hmm. where nothing is going to turn out well. Mm-hmm. And I say to you, I'm glad that you addressed it. Again, I wouldn't put more fuel to the I fire. Won't. Leave it alone. Do whatever. But again, if they're speaking another language, that means that they they don't really know what they said. Mm-hmm. They'll probably have to find out again later, mm-hmm. which has happened before with mm-hmm. me. They'll do it again, and they do it with the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when I went to USC, I was no longer East Oakland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a lot more reserved. Like, a lot of them yeah. want to say, like, I was wild and shit, but... <laughs> I was very reserved. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's Hilarious. interesting. No, I was just 
What hit my brain was, and I don't know, I didn't go to any colleges. I mean, I was at USC for a minute, but it was only because I was in the Cosby Fellowship. Um, (laughs) So I don't really know how schools work. Yeah, you Uh, do. That's still a school. You still get educated. Here's what I mean. Put on game. Let me put it this way. Here's what I don't. I don't understand when you guys go off to shoot somebody's scene, their movie, whatever it is. I'm not sure who's in charge. Meaning, if it's you guys have the producer, yeah, is it them, or is it we all are still just filmmakers and we all are equal? Because okay. I would be like, shouldn't I be talking to the producer? Yeah. yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> so they're really not giving you guys any power, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, especially I'm in the first year now. Like nobody could be fired because they did something, I'm assuming. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yes, really. next next week he can't come back to be the gaffer, but who <laughs> yeah. cares? it's 10 other than gaffers. Yeah, they're you know still in the saying? program. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm going is I was like, well, who's no one, no one's in charge. Somebody's there to become a producer. It was me. Okay. Yeah. Then she talk it. to myself. I'm sorry? <laughs> she handled it. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. did it. Yeah. You did it. You did it. Um, I'm going to help you get to the point where you <laughs> do it. In the moment, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, bing, but bing, I will did, add did this to bitch that. Just say, yeah, but hey, we're, uh, we're going to take five minutes right quick. Um, <laughs> you, can yeah. we, let me talk to me how that you right quick. Yeah, but they That's treat me. black women at, at USC differently. They yeah. do. Understood. Yeah, I was under the table when he said it, so he didn't know I was in the room. Oh, no. I was, <laughs> I was fixing wires, trying to get set. Like something well, broke. Hard. That so, is hard to say. When, yeah, because you coming up from the table, <laughs> then yeah. Come yeah. from the table and then like, yeah, everybody's <laughs> face was like, sorry. I was like, what? Five minutes. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm still I'm I'm sorry that happened to you, but mm. it's always there's going to be I some passive aggressive something. It's almost never going to be one hundred percent perfect. Mm-hmm. Even if you are in a black room, there's going to be some dude who said something about a female. It's going to be something. Yes. <clears throat> that's where I'm. That's what I mean. And I'm not sitting here going, oh, you need a stronger, you know, yeah. uh, what, what's the word? You know, you need to be a stronger. Strong, backbone. Stronger backbone. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying, but you, when, when something comes, if you don't nip it in the bud, mm-hmm. you are giving somebody, <laughs> I'm going to say this, excuse me for saying this in front of you, Rich. You remember when, um, <laughs> for those of us who have seen like Eddie Murphy Delirious and Raw, mm-hmm. he did the joke about you give a nigga rope, they want to be a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excuse me for saying that to everybody who don't like that word. I understand. Um, but sometimes you got to use the word right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's that same yeah. theory to me. Mm-hmm. If you don't nip it in the bud, they're like, oh, they, nobody said she anything to me. Yeah. So I'm going to keep. I'll t- you know what I mean? I'll take it a step further. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether whether you do it in front of the group or you pull it aside at lunch mm-hmm. or whatever the time is that works out right as the producer, mm-hmm. this is your set. You and the director. Now you have to look out for the director. Look pointing at you because you direct. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So had that happen and you had her directing... And you didn't do nothing. Exactly. 
You know what I mean? With your girl there, somebody would think they could say something negative around her. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it's your responsibility. You know, maybe there's a conversation with your professor to be like, hey, I need to know when we're on the sets like this and shit like this happens. Can I let them go? Because out there, I would. Mm -hmm. It may be that kind of conversation. I've talked to a professor okay. and we talked about it and I'm going to take this advice with me mm-hmm. further on because it's going to happen again it's in gonna happen 13 again. different yeah. ways <clears throat> yeah. so thank yeah. you that's just one way it happened yeah, yeah, was yeah. it was a racist way yeah. it could be a sexist way it could be misogynist a misogynist way it could be yeah. all those different things so that's all I'm saying just be prepared for them there's ways to do it without embarrassing them in yeah. front of people that's why I would say I'm going to take five hey um, Christina hey let me holler at you just really quick <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And we go outside. I take them for a walk. Mm. <laughs> people know. Trust me. Okay. Chris will tell you. I take people for a walk. <laughs> be like, are we going to do this right? See what I'm talking about? When you when you called me, I was like, what did I do wrong? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, shut up, Christina. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. You want to take me for a walk? Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, sometimes I forget I'm from the bay too. Look, like, <laughs> like, I cut a bitch. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, thank you, Christina, for hanging out with us. Yeah. Thank you, Jade. Of course. Jerry Jerome taking photos. We appreciate you, my man. My man, Rich Redlow out there, writer himself out there, Pimp Dog. Thank you for hanging out with us as always. Indeed. Where can people follow you, Christina? Uh, on Instagram, it's Christina Thomas mm-hmm. uh, with AKR, and on Twitter, introduce Xtina. Mm-hmm. What's the new uh, fi- um, final draft thing you're in? What's that? Oh, is it they just interviewed me for final draft? Yeah, yeah Kelly Joe Brick, uh, who we're in, um, on the genre committee uh-huh. with. Shout and, out to Kelly. Yeah, yeah, Kelly. I was like, Kelly, you did. Yeah, I, mean, I teared up a little bit. <laughs> it helps. All those little. That's why I always tell people say yes. Just say yes. Yeah. You need to be putting it out your name because the more people see it the more your state goes up yeah you know what i mean say yes to the podcast say yes to the interviews say yes to the whatever you just need to put your name out there you've yeah. got a brand christina thomas it's always scary though but you know what's interesting what? you're a really good interviewer well because i'm don't on- you think rich <laughs> yeah. yeah i was on radio for years see, so what the hell are you worried about? <laughs> you worried about what you're going to say because you got a tongue, don't you? That's I what do. it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I literally, I'm still early in my career. Right. And just, I want to make sure the doors still continue to open because I'm a black female. And we are black right. females. <laughs> We're going to say something. Right. We're going to say something. And sometimes it's being used against us. And yeah. that was a lot of the talks that we had on the strike line. Right. And even with Malcolm. <laughs> Cause Malcolm know me, me yep. and Malcolm, Malcolm Spillman, yep, yep. me and him, I, he was just like, girl, if you don't calm down, like we've had <laughs> some of those and you, you've done it to me yep, too, yep. but it's just like, I'm still in the process of learning and want to make sure I still can secure my place of, of, of rising. Yep. And I'm always thinking about the person behind me. Yep. I got my mother's spirit mm-hmm. of like I'm a teacher. So well, she found like, the home of the Black Panthers, y'all. She don't be playing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just want to keep on making sure I'm setting the precedent right. for the next person that's going to come after me because I, I can't have people go through what I went through sincerely. Like they cannot experience that. I understand. But like you said, people had to go through it. Yeah. You guys had to at USC so that she could. It's probably not even nearly as aggressive. Oh, yeah. You didn't get booed by your. But all of my <laughs> half of my teachers are black. Oh wow, really? And half of them are women. 
Wow. I know. What? It's crazy. You probably had not yeah. one black teacher. Did Except Aaron. Oh, that's right. That's Aaron. it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. But, and Helene, but like, right. blood. There we have kind of blood. We come a long blood. way. We come, come a long way. way. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. There's some progress. Yes. yes. The change is, do they have power? You got to have the power to make change, though. Yes. You could put a face in there, yeah. and we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to go off for a little rant. Forgive me. Right, With right. the DEA, DEI, DEI, yeah, DEI. DEI. I'm listening to your FBI stuff. <laughs> <laughs> With the DEI stuff, mm-hmm. they're the first people to go. They don't have no power. First to go. They don't need them. They just had to prove the point that they had a quota of yeah. this thing going on. I said it. <laughs> See, I said it, but I've said it to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's why I ain't all in the system as much. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. <laughs> you know uh, you're what a mean? healer, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They don't know. Don't you know who you are? Okay. Pimp dog right there. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Anyway. Well, thank you, Christina, for hanging out with us. Yeah. Indeed. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Of course. Jade, we can get no videos. I know. I was listening. She was like, I'm enjoying this and I'm just chilling. <laughs> I was listening. I like listening, taking in information. You yes, know, indeed. I love learning. Whenever I'm with Hilliard, I learn something. So That's yeah. important. Yeah. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you doing videos. I appreciate you helping. I appreciate you coming. You could just come and just watch. You don't have to do nothing as Thank far as Thank you. Concerned. Thank you for having so, me. Indeed. Thank you for coming Friday night. Yes. She made this little dope little BTS video for us um, that we're probably going to put on Facebook, our Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah, because <clears throat> we need to have more of those. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I really, really, I'm really happy I got to see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. One Night in Miami was, it's different on the big screen. I've se- I saw it on the big screen the first time. I saw it at home with my husband the second time. And then I saw it again. It was five times better the third time I saw it. Mm-hmm. And it has to do, that, that's why that audience is so important. Because we all were laughing together. Yeah. You could hear mm-hmm. people, you know, Grouting. shouting back and whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, girl, like whatever the hell. Oh, he fine. I heard somebody say that at one point. <laughs> you know Lacey what I mean? in the rain. So, look. And um, it just made me respect it even more. And it made me angry that there weren't no nominations for that movie in that oh, yeah. way. There weren't? Back then, no. Mm-mm. Not for like the Oscars and shit like that, no. Not that I recall. I always thought like at least one thing. I think I think they were trying to push Regina. Yeah. And did she? Did she I don't. I don't think. No, I don't think so. I don't think. Because we were. But, yeah. Because I remember. I, I always look up. I've I've looked up to Regina for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And even one time, the one time I got to meet her, right. we were in the same elevator. And I'll she, tell you where her office is. I'll tell you. Yeah, literally. You, you I just remember her. I kept on staring at her, and I know she was like, "Why is this black woman staring at me?" But her arms were out, right? And you know she got arms. Yeah, and I was like, "I need to work out more." <laughs> and as soon as I was about to be like, "Hi," she steps out, and I'm like, "She's gone. Have <laughs> to let go." And she's tiny, ain't she? Little yes. tiny so. I was like, I want to be like her one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, where you at, Jay? Where can people follow you? Um, Instagram at jade.alexandria with two eyes. That's what's up. Everywhere at jade.alexandria. Awesome. Yeah. Jerome, what is your... I am Jerry Jerome. I am Jerry Jerome on everything? Okay, cool. That's what's up. And Rich, he's only on LinkedIn, so Rich Red. <laughs> Wait, what? <coughs> Rich Red on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> he okay. just followed you on LinkedIn. I'm so like, there you go. Yes, that sounds about right. It's me and family. That's yeah, it. But LinkedIn found to be really helpful for people in the industry. He loves LinkedIn. Yep. I gotta do better on my LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You can okay. meet a lot of people it's in the there. It's place to be. Um, and I am the host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find you guys can follow me on <laughs> Twitter. Hey, shut up, girl. <laughs> Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Threads, which I don't understand. Snapchat, which <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. get. I don't get it all. TikTok, I don't understand it either. But I'm on all those motherfuckers. At Hilliard Guest. <laughs> Just, you know, boom. There you go. Um, new website coming, as I mentioned earlier. Um, please go on iTunes, Stitcher. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to, please subscribe to the show, follow the show. If you see us out there, please retweet the show. We appreciate the likes, but retweet apparently is the big thing if you're on Twitter. Um, and please, you know, comment, talk about the show. You know, love that shit. Um, lots of stuff going on. Like I said, we got new t-shirts, new website, everything coming out. We're actually doing hoodies, which I don't Ooh. like hoodies. What? Ever since Trayvon got killed, I'm like, I ain't wearing a uh, hoodie. Oh, I thought it was because you can show off your arms. <laughs> well, you know, that part too. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> I got on a long sleeve and it's a little tight. but it's Exactly. Little... <laughs> Always tight. You know, if you're going to do the abs, you might as well show the abs. We're Cheer. working on abs. <laughs> the country ad. Abs? <laughs> Where the hell I come from? <laughs> I'm from Detroit originally. That's why it is. See? All right. So everybody joining me for um, Game All Day. Jerome. Rich, Christina, everybody. <clears throat> you guys know how we're doing on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? Everybody. Game, Game all, all day. day. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rant room. So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rant room, we let that shit up off our chest You never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rant room